And we welcome you inside this Wednesday edition of the Sports Ethos Sacramento Kings podcast. Sam Comenti here with you alongside, of course, as always, the incomparable and all-knowing Jill Edge. The Kings hurt their draft lottery position, Jill, but they won a game. They beat the Indiana Pacers. We were hoping to hop on at some point during the game and talk a little bit about it, but I just got off work. So now we're doing a little post-game review. They snapped their three-game losing streak. They beat Tyrese and Buddy. Uh, Tyrese or Tristan's obviously now in Chicago, but they beat the former Kings at the buzzer to get their 26th win of the year. I did not watch the game. I just watched Damian Jones tip it in to win it. Jill, I'm going to let you talk. And uh, I don't think you watched the entire game either because it started about four o'clock and you were still working. Um, Yeah, like from 4.30 or I mean, even a five on, I had it on in the background, but I was still answering emails and things like that. Um, but it was the a typical game that I expected to see from both teams, you know, both, both, um, you know, the Kings have some people injured Pacers have some people injured and then they're also in take mode <coughs> and sat Brogdon for rest. If, if Malcolm would have played and it wouldn't have been close, I'm sure. Um, and I mean, outside of the Kings, um, like I would have liked to see Kada instead of Len, you know, just because I know what Len can do. He got 18 minutes. I'd kind of like to see that development go to Kada. Um, and then I know uh, Gentry mentioned trying to get uh, Josh Jackson some minutes. So maybe you'll see some Harrison Barnes rest at some point because um, he played 32 minutes a night. But they also could be playing Harrison. You know, you see this with, with other teams at times too. They kind of want to have that at least one veteran presence, you know, on the court to kind of keep things from going crazy. But um, this is a game where when we were looking at the end of the schedule and we're talking in terms of tanking and all that stuff, um, to me, this was always one that could go either way uh, based on how hard the schedule is coming up. Um, I know people are freaking out because the Kings and the Pacers are going back, going back and forth between fifth and sixth. Um, but like I said, I, I wouldn't have really changed the lineup outside of, I mean, if you were really trying to lose, then maybe Barnes, but even then Barnes only had 11 points. Like it wasn't like he put up a crazy number. The, The difference today is good for Davion. He had a hell of a game, um, 25.7 assists. But in uh, Chimezi Metu was your second highest score with 22 points. Nobody else outside of those two players had over 15 points. So those two got like Chimezi and, and Davion, who are both on contract for next year. Um, Chimezi has a, uh, a, a team option, you know, that's, it's not a guarantee, but they can similar to this last off season, they can pick it up for, I think it's like a million five again. Um, so development wise, like you're getting production out of two guys that you probably are figuring to have next season. So I, I like, I can't be mad. I can't be mad at that. Players go out to win. Like they're not trying to tank. It's an organization, you know, up top that tries to tank if they're sitting people. Um, I like seeing the development that I'm getting. I mean, it's, if you would have told me, again, that this team would have won only having two guys score over 15 points. I would not have believed that. (laughs) 
but it was two bad teams and here we are. Yeah. Bad teams. This is where at that point of the year, the final stretch of the season where the teams are all in tank mode, which means you can get some really ugly games. And on the flip side of it though, you can get some pretty entertaining 110 to 109 at the buzzer type of games like we had with the Kings and Pacers. And looking through Twitter, Jill, just seeing some of the other Kings people's responses to this game, how they feel about it. Of course, with the Tyrese factor, the buddy, um, buddy playing against the Kings for the first time uh, since he was traded, that turnover at 14 seconds left, typical buddy fashion. And we got Matt George saying that, quote, he'll be that guy, I'll be that guy. Tyrese and Buddy lost to their former team who was without their two star players and Tyrese got outplayed by Mitchell. Petty, I don't care. There's that. And then just because I love giving Drew shout outs um, over this pod because he's so funny. His tweet is, uh, Buddy, you idiot. Why can't you ever just do anything right? (laughs) Like nine question marks. It's the question we asked Jill quite a bit as Kings fans for the time that Buddy Hield was here. Dude, just settle down. It's like he's like just an excited dog, an excited puppy, kind of like Gracie right now trying to, you know, and just play, have fun, get your attention. It's like Buddy's constantly trying to get people's attention, and then it constantly ends up with him doing stupid shit, like dribbling it out of bounds with 14 seconds left so that the Kings could even have a chance to win the game at the end, which Trey Lyles took the shot that Damian Jones tipped in. And credit to Trey. He's been playing pretty well um, in an expanded role, a role that he wasn't really playing all year until this point. He had 11 points. That three went in and out. I mean, it looked like it was going in, just popped out. Jones was there to clean up. Uh, DiVincenzo had 11 points, still not starting him for whatever fucking reason. Just Alvin Gentry must really, really enjoy Justin Holiday as a human being. Likes him so much that he just keeps playing him. Although DiVincenzo did play more minutes than Holiday. And then, yeah, no Kata, which is frustrating, Jill, because so many people are clamoring to see Namias Kata, especially in Portugal. I think it's just, I mean, he's doing what he should be doing in the G League. And at this point, like at the end of the season, this is when he should be getting it, right? It's not like the Kings aren't playing for something right now. Like that's gone. Now is when you can work guys in and out of development minutes. Like, it's 18 minutes. There's no reason the kid can't get 18 minutes. And then you know what you have to work on. <laughs> like yeah. we know what we have to work on going into it. Like no one's, I'm not expecting him to go in and even look good. I just want him to get some of those development minutes. Like this is what the end of the year's for once you're out of everything. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not complicated. I don't think it's, I don't know if it's ignorance arrogance uh, i know i think it's a it's probably a respect thing to alex len honestly okay and as as a veteran because you know what i mean he was in and out all year and if they're giving him the option to play and he wants to play i'm sure it's a respect thing for him and he's been surprised a hell of a lot as a ukrainian born basketball player these past this past month or so so you know i'm sure getting on the court and playing a little bit is is a good distraction Damian Damian Jones, uh, about 10 minutes ago, just said that it, quote, felt good to hit the game-winning shot against his former teammates. Whereas Davion Mitchell said that he has, you know, nothing but respect, had high praise for Tyrese and Buddy. So two guys there kind of not saying opposite things, but taking a different route in their post-game pressers. 
talking about the Kings last second win. Jill, as you said, though, before we went on, the Kings, or actually, I think you said it just a minute ago. The Kings remaining schedule is incredibly difficult. So this one win, while it does put you ahead of the Pacers right now, it's a half a game ahead. And you now go, you play the magic. And you have a harder schedule. Yeah. Yeah. You have eight more games left on the docket. Three of them are winnable. The Rockets twice, both in Houston. And then they play the magic next on Saturday. A couple of days, they have a couple of days off, but then they play the heat in Miami. They play golden state. They, they, they play new Orleans. And then they're on the road to end the season against the Clippers and the Suns, which is a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. So the only three games that I think they could win and I, I think all of us would think that they could potentially win are the Rockets and the Magic, and I could still see them losing all three of those games. I, don't, I doubt they'll beat both the Rockets twice in a row. The Rockets have a lot of good young talent. Uh, I know there's a lot of Kings people that are excited to see Sanguin, Sangoon. 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 Sanguni. And, and uh, Jalen Green. A lot of good young players on that team. So I would be shocked if the Rockets don't at least pull out one of those games. They should beat the Magic, though. The Magic are really bad. I think they're the one seed, right? Or the number one, not one seed. Number one overall. They're the worst team. I don't know why I'm trying to say it in the weirdest way. Uh, No, the Rockets are the worst team. Never mind. I haven't really been paying attention to these standings in these past couple weeks. But, yeah, overall thoughts, though, Jill. You're not frustrated that they won. You don't care about the ping pong balls. You're just happy to see that they had a lot of, that they had some fight. Well, my thing is like, I don't, I'll be mad at the end of the season. If they end up a half a game behind, I don't like being mad right now. What, what does it do me? Like I've talked on at nauseum about when it comes to ping pong balls and options that this place could take. I mean, energy wise, they don't deserve my energy at this point. Like it's, it is what it is last, last year. We did not try and tank. And when the last ping pong ball was called, who had the best odds? The Kings had four numbers compared to everybody else having one option left. And did the Kings number get picked? No. <laughs> like this, this is like, this is us. Um, like it's, I still look at it as we have a harder schedule remaining. I'm not freaking out over a game that I thought we could possibly win all along. Right. Again, like it's, I mean, at, at this point in time, like what does me being mad going to do? I don't know how it's going to play out. I, I, <laughs> we don't. And, we and I'm not mad at guys for going out and doing what they're paid to be doing. Like you can be mad at the org, like, Go for it. But as a fan feeling one way or the other, it does, it changes nothing in the grand scheme. Here's the thing or two about the tanking. It's simple on paper, right? You you bench the good players, you sit the stars, and you get all the young guys out there that you're just trying to evaluate or just haven't played that aren't necessarily up to par with the other guys. However, that can, and oftentimes will, backfire with some teams because these young guys, like you just said, Jill, they're not going out there thinking, I'm trying to lose this game. They're trying to prove themselves as an NBA player. The Blazers right now. <laughs> the Blazers are great. And they have an easy, like, an easy schedule compared to everybody else who's trying to think. But yes, right. like they're winning games throwing young guys out there. Because the young guys have the heart and the will. And we saw that when the Kings lost everyone to COVID in the beginning of the year. And they were they're playing for their paycheck, right? They're playing 
for, for their name, you know, that, that name on the back of their jersey. They were playing for it to, to keep that jersey on. And that basketball, as we remember, at that point in the year, was some of the most entertaining basketball we had seen from the Kings because it was all the young dudes that were like, fucking, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have a chance. And they were competitive. They didn't win those yep. games. I think they, think they may have won one of them. But you, you don't underestimate a guy's will to try and show what he can do, especially if they're young players. Or just a, a veteran that's, you know, on an expiring deal, trying to figure out where he's going to go next. A lot of factors. So the tank is such an imperfect thing, which is why yeah. you can't just be like, well, what are you yeah. doing? So, I mean, next we have Orlando. That could go either way. Then it's Miami. Okay. To Houston. Could very well go either way. Golden State. Not likely. New Orleans. Not likely. Clippers. Not likely Phoenix, not likely. Like it's again, when I'm looking at the schedule, Indiana, Orlando, and Houston's would be your question marks. Everything else looks like it would be a loss. Right. No, it does. It's, and those are teams that are all playing for something. They're playing for seating. They're playing for a play-in. They have a reason to go and win. And so I would I would expect that those are not going to be easy games or games that I'm necessarily jailed, truthfully, are probably going to watch. Uh, it's I mean, if there and that's the other thing. Yeah. If there were more younger guys on the team, like guys that I was really excited to watch play other than Davion, I feel like I would tune in for these last several games. But I don't really like Damian Jones. OK, Chemezi. OK, those are guys. Well, and, and put it this friends. way, when it comes to the Pacers. OK. How many, what I had, what, four games that I said the Kings could go either way on? This is the Pacers' remaining schedule. Memphis, Toronto, Atlanta, Denver, Boston, Detroit, Philadelphia twice, Brooklyn. My only question mark there is maybe Detroit. Other than that, good luck. Like, so again, half a game might mean something. It might not. And if you want to look at it as live by the buddy, die by the buddy, whether he's on our team or not. You know, it's another way that he could end up getting us. But seriously, I mean, really funny. uh, I'm happy with there's plenty of guys from five to 10 range that I like. Like I'm high on like the top three guys. And then from then on, I could be sold on plenty of those players that that are left. But I don't see like. I will be shocked if the Kings don't finish five, six, seven. Like to me, that's where they're going to be based on everyone's schedule left. Like I will be surprised if they go out and win more games than the ones we mentioned. And if they are, they're doing it with players that we will be shocked that they're doing it with it. And at that point, there's nothing you can do because we would be asking for those same players to be the ones playing these tank games. So like you said, it's, it's a crapshoot, right? You know, I mean, it's, yeah. You, uh, you can't predict the last, what's going to happen is going to happen. It's, you know, <laughs> and yeah. we could never predict the lottery balls anyway. Um, even, I mean, you look back to when the Kings had the worst record by a lot, the Kenny Nat year, it's 17 wins and they got the fourth overall pick. And that was before they changed how they do this right and now they're the worst three teams for those that don't remember the worst three teams have the same amount of balls that drop in there not just the the one team the one worst team that has all yeah 
Or that, not, where was the difference in getting Blake Griffin or Tyreek Evans? Mm-hmm. And then we could have stopped Steph Curry, who was actually. And at that coach. point, like the Kings did everything you would have asked them to do. Like yeah. it's. We thought so, best rookie year since Michael Jordan. Um, as you touched on the draft prospects, how do you feel? Because I keep seeing his name a lot of uh, Keegan Murray. Are you a fan of him? Yeah. Okay. I haven't like a value. I, yeah. um, I like Murray. I like, yeah, I like Benedict. Um, I like AJ Griffin. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's multiple guys I can be sold on that. I think that can fill. Um, and the Kings have needs. So it's, but they always do. Um, and, and to me, a lot of those guys to me, I would put them in, you know, similar tiers. So it's, and as Monty has shown yep, what we that. think and what he thinks in the same tier is not necessarily the same thing either. Um, so he finds know, good I, value though. Monty McNair does. And he just did a sit down. He's got a lot of things he needs to improve this off season. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he does it all. Yep. He's going to have a really busy off. We could all be talking about this pick and this pick could be moved. Who knows? (laughs) I think that's what's going to end up happening. He did have a a sit down with Kyle Draper um, for people that would like to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. I thought it was an interesting timed interview. I thought this would have made more sense. Like after the trade deadline to sit down and talk about what's going on. Uh, right now seems kind of a random time to talk with Draper, but I think a lot of it has to do with what's next, what the off season's looking like, how he feels about the team. Yeah. I think a part of it too, is them being home too, and not sure. on the road. So when they were, since they were gone for so long, yeah. um, including Draper that unless they would have filmed it on the road, you would have. Uh, Which have been weird. Yeah. So. I would say I, that's to me, that's probably the bigger reason of why it's happening now because they just came home for that trip and had been gone for so long that it just worked out that way. Yeah. And um, <laughs> she's hitting her bell. Gracie's trying to go out. I like that system you have. We, but this one is just her wanting to go and sit out on the balcony. It's not even like I need to go out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to stare at people and enjoy the weather. It's very warm. Um, do we want to touch on Jill before we close out the Rashawn Holmes news? Uh, it, honestly, it's I haven't heard. I haven't read stuff here. comes out. It's not. It's an opinion piece. It's not like there is no. It's an opinion piece. That's why it's confusing everyone. It was like a breaking news slash opinion piece. So I. Honestly, I don't want to say anything until actual like facts and news come out because right now there's nothing. That's why I didn't bring it up. Yeah. Just because it's okay. um, Yeah. I was curious. I would say read it, but until I actually see the facts, I don't want to put anything out there because I don't, I'm just hope that whatever happens with anything like that, the kids ends up being put first and that's, um, because right now it looks like he's kind of being used as, um, you know, with whatever's happening that he's kind of being used. So, yeah, just for context, what the Sacramento Bee is saying is that Holmes's ex-wife, Alexis, accused him of domestic violence and of physically abusing their six-year-old son. And that she caused her, their son to bleed with a strike to the head. That's why I would say read it because they don't actually tell you anything. Mm-hmm. 
Crazy. She just goes, she just, the, the reporter goes on to give her opinion and then list the different statistics in the NBA. I mean, so that's that what I'm saying. Like, I want to see what the actual like facts before I actually come out and talk about anything. Yeah. I don't think that's fair to any of them without oh. actually knowing we would, anything. We would never expect that. Not that that matters, but never expect that to come from Rashawn, who's just, who's, probably played his last game for the Sacramento Kings, but it's just has been such a beloved player for this team since he's been here Rolled with the pen with the punches so well that that is uh, that was a surprising thing to see pop up on my, on my notifications earlier today, but that explains why I didn't want to touch on it. Uh, so let's do this instead. The coaching episode we posted it yesterday. It was about Johnny Bryant, uh, 36. If I'm right, Jill, he's that young. He's very young. I think, is he the youngest? You might not know this off the top of your head. Is he the youngest coach on your list? Uh, was he I would venture. David Adelman? Uh, yeah, David Adelman would be younger. He's like barely. They were close, so. They're close. Um, but yeah. So real quick, can you just run down while we're actually doing a recording together? The five coaches we've gone over. It's. So Cassell. we've talked about Sam Cassell, um, the guard whisperer. We have uh, Kenny Atkinson. Uh, we have Darvin Ham. We have Adrian Griffin, whose son is also in the draft, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. David Adelman and uh, Johnny Bryant, the all-star maker. So six, excuse me, six players or six coaches. And we've obviously been linking it out slowly but surely. And so I don't know. I've never seen Jill's list, guys. I don't know how long it is, but we will do our best in the next couple of weeks to get more into just that keep list. keep putting them out until. Yeah. I have plenty of people to talk about, so we'll just keep putting guys out there until, um, and this is until it's no longer a spot that's open. (laughs) And this is, yeah, it's also important about doing it because we don't know how quickly McNair will move on from Gentry. Or once we start getting names for interviews, things like that. So, you know, which we're assuming we're assuming will happen. Well, well, even if Gentry was a a front runner, you would think McNair would do a thorough thing. And I wouldn't say it's, it's hard for us to say. I would think, <laughs> I mean, we always love that. We would think, but they don't, have, they don't have to do what we would think. <laughs> well, they haven't been a functional, but yeah, I mean, yes. Like that you figure that they wouldn't just give him a contract, but yeah. I, you would I, hope. I, I mean, nobody wants Gentry back. So uh, still vouching for Kenny Atkinson myself. However, as I've said several times, as I hear more from your list as well, and I think about the coaches in the NBA that haven't been given a chance or haven't been given that second chance, there's a long list of people. There's a lot of good names out there. I mean, that's the thing. And that's what's exciting, right? That it's like that there's good names to choose from. And you just hope that (laughs) you can get a shot at them. You hope McNair doesn't do it in five minutes. As I thought about it, Jill, I was thinking about this yesterday and I was posting that because you've mentioned that this is this would be like the first real coaching search a general manager has done for the King since Vivek took over. But Vlade's, both of his coaching searches were dictated by another team firing a coach. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I, I don't know why I didn't put that together. I obviously remember Walton not really being a name and then him being fired, you know, the Lakers situation being settled and then him being the guy. Oh no, he was a name. Like we, he was I, a name. yeah, I, at least locally here. Like we had heard back in like January, if he was available, like Vladimir. Right, that's right. Cause they knew each other from the Lakers. 
Um, Jaeger, though, was not. That's what I meant to say. No, Jaeger and I think name. they tried to get Walton before he went to the Lakers, and right. he, which would have been around the Jaeger time. So right. that was kind of like, um, but yeah, as soon as Jaeger became available, it was like, boom, you know, which is crazy. Like Vivek's two like biggest decisions, or I, you could probably say his two best decisions had been Malone and, and Jaeger. Um, yep. And but, both fired. And, and we're both uh, fired for, you know, for being good coaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's terrible here. It's just terrible, but hey, but football- yeah, I mean, seemingly it would be like the one where it's like an actual like search where you, again, we would assume he's getting his guy, the right. GM would be getting his guy. So, and we don't know who the guy is, you know, we we've speculated, but we have actually no idea. We don't know what goes on in this guy's mind. We don't know if he'll go the Rockets route. Um, Cause that's the only organization he was with prior. That's where he came up was Houston. But we don't really know if that's where he'll look to D'Antoni or some other assistant. I, and will he look with someone he's comfortable with? Will he look at, you know, um, the players? Someone and or a style that maybe fits the players he's trying to build with? Like it's, yeah. Will he go a development route that we've been talking about too, where that regardless who's here, these guys just get the most out of, you know, mm-hmm. out of them? Um, there's a lot of different ways it can go. So. It's exciting. I like coaching searches. I've experienced them quite a bit as a fan of the Raiders and the Kings. Uh, didn't experience it forever as a Giants fan. As you know, you're a Giants fan as well. That was crazy for so long without having to deal with it. But we've done it a lot. And I always do enjoy them because it's always a chance for hope and optimism. Um, and then you hire Luke Walton and then you lose the optimism. <laughs> but can't do that again. Uh, all right. We're going to end it there. Um, quick side note, Jill. NFL, I know we don't, you know, we just a basketball podcast, but holy shit, this NFL offseason is the craziest offseason ever. Just like ever. It doesn't yeah, make any no, sense. Yeah, no, it's nuts. Every it's day nuts. I'm like, I did, what? What is this? Tyreek Hill? I would have never. I mean, it makes sense, actually, because. I mean, Adams, crazy. Wilson, Tyreek Hill, you had guys unretiring, unretiring, like. Yep. Even. People were surprised at the coaches that went, some GMs that weren't fired. Um, We had Christian Kirk, who got the Timothy Mozgov like deal of the Mm offseason that like screwed everything up. I think that kind of parlayed all of this stuff. Like Jimmy G hasn't been. It almost seems like some of this stuff happened because of Christian Kirk, like with that deal. Um, So Balky stays crazy, and I mean how he still has a job is, is crazy too. But um, yeah, I just yeah, look funny. at that deal, like the Timothy Mozgov and everyone was just like, what is going on since yeah. then? <laughs> what the hell do I not know about Timothy Mozgov? Uh, Trent Balk has got some leverage on Shahid, Shad, Shad Khan. And I forget his first name for the Jaguars, but yeah, wild off season. Jimmy G still a 49er. I keep seeing funny tweets of people. There's someone you have been liking and following. I think Jill who, who's paints, or does like art every day that Jimmy G still. Oh my God. It's she, she paints a picture of Jimmy every day that he's not <laughs> traded. And I keep wondering when is she going to like run out of stuff? Like she's put him in front of like Mount Rushmore, but, and then, but we'll have like 49 or Mount Rushmore 
There's the um, friends one with him and yeah. Taylor <laughs> well, and Joey ripoff. Every day it's like a it's a new one. And so I enjoy seeing what she's gonna do. No, um, I hope he doesn't get yeah. to So that. if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Yeah, she draws a new a new Jimmy picture every day that he is not traded. And now there's like, you know, she might be doing a lot more drawing because it's like who who's gonna trade for him now? And I know that, the, the I don't think the Panthers are gonna do that, and I don't think the Seahawks want them. They see yeah, them a lot. I think so, she's on day 40 something. So yeah, I she's on think, day 40 something. Oh my god, right. what if he stays five. and she has to go into like the hundreds? Crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Just a banana. She does awesome. a good job though. Yeah, she really does. Really does, really talented. <laughs> Promoting her a little bit. I don't even know her name. But anyway, thank you guys for tuning in today um and bearing with us constantly with her very random podcast schedule. We will be back next week to talk a little bit more about the Kings and then the coaches, of course, from Jill's list as we finish out these last eight games of this actually very entertaining, but, you know, depressing <laughs> as usual, 2022 Sacramento Kings season. Y'all have a great night. Slater dudes.